Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. America and happy Friday. What a busy week it's been for a holiday week as we celebrated our 247th birthday in America. That's an important moment. But so many regulatory court cases and other things breaking around us. And of course, new investigative things going on. In fact, just a little while ago, we broke the story on Just the News. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer has decided to open a formal congressional investigation into the discovery of cocaine at the White House and the response to it, because there seems to be a lot of concern that there's a lot of slow walking of the response for something that would seem to be a eminently solvable crime if there was a crime committed. So there is a lot going on on that front, and I'm, I think a lot of people are talking about that in great detail. We're going to talk a lot about law enforcement, the state of law enforcement, the treatment of Hunter Biden, his tax case. Is it a sweetheart deal? Is it a reasonable deal given the facts? Were there shenanigans? What do we make of the whistleblowers? We've got an incredible first guest for us, David X. Sullivan. David Sullivan is one of the most accomplished federal prosecutors to come ever, ever to come out of New England. White collar tax fraud cases, decades in the U.S. government, highly respected. He later ran for Congress. He now is a member of a very prominent law firm, but one of the real true federal prosecutor experts who practice prosecution the way it used to be practiced before the politicization and weaponization of certain investigations. Not all of them, but there are certain ones that clearly have happened. Well, David's going to join us at the top of the show. We're going to talk about Hunter Biden. We're going to talk about the cocaine discovery. We're going to talk about so much more. And then we'll go to an unbelievable story. You're going to think this is an Onion headline, that this is some Mad Magazine headline. But it is a true story. It is underway. It's breaking on Just the News. The Biden administration is trying to impose a speed limit on boats in the Gulf of Mexico, one of the most popular boating locations in all of the world. They want to limit boats in certain areas of the Gulf to 10 knots per hour. Yeah, that's pretty slow. A lot of boats go a lot faster than that. The reason is to protect a new whale species. There's not any evidence that there's been a significant harm to them. But here's the deal. This isn't going to just result in a speeding ticket. If the regulation takes effect, it is 
likely to be a felony offense to go knowingly above 10 knots an hour. And it could carry a $20,000 fine and, yep, one year in prison. Now, this agency doesn't have the right, as far as we can tell, under the law to create speed limits on international waters, but they're doing it anyways. We're going to have the litigation director for the Southeastern Legal Foundation, Braden Bocek, to tell us he discovered this. He has filed some comments on it. He is sounding the alarm. This sounds a lot like the stove initiative, right? Another area where the administrative state under Joe Biden is imposing laws that weren't really passed by Congress. But Braden Bocek is going to be here. He's going to describe what the law is, what he's done about it, what the future litigation might look like, because obviously Southeastern Legal Foundation, a public interest law firm, does a lot of important work on that. We're going to have all of that in the second block of the show. And then we're going to wrap up today's show with an interview we did last night on the Just the News No Noise television show with Amanda Head and I. I was so powerful. Jesse Benal is a lawyer for former President Donald Trump. He's on the legal team. There's all these different legal fronts, right? You've got the New York Alvin Bragg case. You've got the case brought by Special Prosecutor Smith here in Washington. you got a Georgia case ongoing and another case in Washington, D.C. brought by Smith that all appear to be potentially criminal cases that may be brought against the former president. Jesse Benal, on the front lines of that, not a big fan of Prosecutor Smith. And we're going to talk a little bit about that at the third block, a really great interview with Jesse Benal. So that's our show today. David Sullivan, Braden Bocek, and Jesse Benal, back to back to back. I'm telling you, you're going to remember that boating story, and you're going to have a lot of discussion about the Hunter Biden case. David Sullivan, really one of the most trusted legal minds in the prosecution business. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'll kick off the day with David Sullivan right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute alternative for care from a health care provider. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time 
IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I want to stay on the topic that we started the show with today. There are two really major law enforcement debates going on in America about contemporary events. One is, did Hunter Biden get a sweetheart deal with his tax dealings? What about the, what the IRS whistleblowers are saying? Is this normal friction between prosecutors and agents or something much larger? And will we ever see an arrest and prosecution of the person brought cocaine into the White House. Both of those are on everyone's minds. We hear people talking all the time about it. I've got the perfect next guest to tackle this. He was a federal prosecutor for decades, one of the most accomplished in the state of Connecticut. He he also ran for office once. He is one of the most trusted voices in all of law enforcement. He's my good friend, David Sullivan. He joins us right now. David, welcome back to the show. John, it is always a pleasure. How are you, sir? I am well, and I've been thinking of you, and I'm glad that we can connect today because there's. I want to get to the Hunter Biden case. There's so many things that we've learned from the whistleblowers and and from Congress now. But before I do that, everybody's fascinated. It's sort of a cultural moment to think, oh my gosh, cocaine made it into the White House. There's been five or six days of who done it in Washington. It doesn't seem like in a place that has lots of cameras and lots of security and the capability to fingerprint evidence that this would be a hard case to solve. Am I wrong about that? I I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, If any place, Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill, let alone the White House, has more cameras and more law enforcement per city block than probably anywhere in the world. Uh, Cocaine in the White House, this White House, is not surprising. A few weeks ago, we had people burying their breasts at the White House. That's a good point. Uh, We've had a president that's (laughs) gotten off, um, you know, Marine One disoriented. We've had Easter bunnies, you know, leading him around Easter egg hunts because he is is disoriented. This is a comedy of errors. And it's so sad because it's our nation's capital and it's our White House, the people's White House. Um, I believe the Secret Service has been tasked with doing this criminal investigation. But who do they answer to ultimately? Um, I mean, it'll go to the executive branch and it will die there. But cocaine in this White House, I don't think anybody's surprised. Yeah, it seems sometimes more like Animal House than White House. I forgot about the... uh some of the other episodes, you did a good job of stringing those together to remind people what it's been like to bring uh, an illegal narcotic into a federal property. It is a crime, correct? John, I worked in federal buildings where you couldn't even bring alcohol in. That's right. <laughs> so, Great point. Uh, you know, we, we did not enjoy the same safeguards and security that the White House does. Yeah, that's a great, that's a really great point. So, all right, I want to turn to some, because you did a lot of tax cases, some major white collar prosecutions. You know how IRS and FBI agents work. There's this extraordinary debate going on and whistleblowers like Gary Shapley, who was on the show last week, we got to talk to him for over an hour. There's strong evidence that Hunter Biden had a long pattern of not paying taxes, either by not filing a tax return in some years or in other years, filing a tax return and not declaring large sums of money. The body of evidence now in the public, not disputed by anyone, is that this effort at evading and avoiding taxes started in 2014. There was a tolling agreement. There was a recommendation by the Justice Department, tax division, the career people, uh, and even the U.S. attorney to bring a much larger felony case against him. The U.S. attorneys in uh, L.A. and Washington declined the case. They let the statute of limitations expire on the most serious offenses, and then he gets a misdemeanor deal. 
you did a lot of these cases. Does this sound like a normal progression of a major tax offender case? John, there is nothing normal about this case. And I will tell you, the first time the the American public saw this was on December 9th, 2020, on Biden-Harris transition stationary. Hunter Biden issued a statement, and he said that he learned just yesterday that he was being investigated by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware for tax matters. And I, at the time, I thought, wow, this is brilliant. First of all, the U.S. Attorney's Office does not investigate civil tax matters. Secondly, there's no way he would have learned just the day before, on December 8th, 2020, that he was being investigated by the U.S. Attorney's Office for tax matters. A, a criminal tax case begins with the 2,800 um, criminal agents throughout the country. I know that at one point they were talking about having 80,000 new criminal agents. And I laughed because that's impossible because procedurally it can't be done. A criminal tax case like Hunter's, Hunter Biden's going back to 2014, and you're talking about tolling statutes, um, you know, they look for a pattern. One of the first things they do in a criminal tax case is look for, well, a significant tax loss. And the element that's always in a criminal tax case is the element of willfulness. Well, how do you prove willfulness? If you have to have a statement, an admission, or a confession, that would be direct evidence. You don't usually have those things. What you have to build is willfulness through indirect evidence, circumstantial evidence. So, um, you know, in this instance, they don't look for misdemeanor cases. When a criminal tax case is being done by like an, a, a criminal uh, investigator, they don't look for just probable cause to make their case. They look for a strong likelihood, not even probability likelihood that there will be a criminal conviction on felony charges. And the reason they do that, because they have so few criminal agents that they need to produce big cases that produce felony counts and convictions. This case is certainly big and had big numbers. When I saw that statement back in December of 2020, I thought, oh, my God, he's taking the narrative and saying it's going to be strictly a criminal tax case. And I thought he's going to be able to keep all the Burisma money, all the oligarch money, because there is no civil or criminal forfeiture strictly for Title 26 of the United States Code, for, for the tax code, there's no asset forfeiture. So if he pleads guilty to something like that, involving monies he received from Burisma and these other places, um, there's no way that the government can go after that money, uh, other than interest and penalties and, and criminal tax penalties. And for what he's going to plead guilty to, for misdemeanors, that looks, you know, his exposure is up to a year in jail, up to, I believe it's a $25,000 fine, and for a corporation to be $100,000. That is a hand slap, and that is not what the IRS Criminal Investigation Division does. And their cases internally, they will go from the special agent. They'll prepare a special agent report, and a SAR has taken on so many different meanings over the years here, and the supervisor will review it before it goes up to IRS district counsel to an IRS attorney who will again review the case before it's sent down to Washington to Maine Justice. Now, at Maine Justice, a taxpayer gets the opportunity to have a meeting at Maine Justice to try and, you know, prevent the case from being referred by Maine Justice up to a U.S. attorney's office for a criminal prosecution. 
Um, so Hunter Biden could not have known just the day before uh, on December 8th, 2020, that this case against him uh, just came about. It, it, it's not possible, given the way a criminal tax case the genesis of them. It, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it is. And there's really something fascinating. We now know for certain, we've confirmed it, that the IRS and FBI agents did have a confession of sorts that this evasion was going on. There's a January 2017 email, right as Donald Trump's taking over as president, where Eric Schwerwin, close associate and accountant for Hunter Biden on some of these matters, writes Hunter Biden saying, you still haven't declared $400,000 of income from Burisma in Ukraine back in 2014, and we got to get right. And of course, he still, according to the IRS agents to this moment today, still hasn't paid taxes on that portion of proceeds he got out of Ukraine. When you have that level, when you have literally an email saying, hey, you're three years in arrears on declaring income, and then it still doesn't get reported. That that gives the IRS and government a really strong case, doesn't it? That's looking very strong. Of course, you don't have a, a response from Hunter Biden at that time. And many times you, what you'll get in these type of case, well, I was relying, relying upon lawyers or accountants or CPAs uh, or my tax return preparers. They, they always point the finger at somebody else. Um, now, again, that's still pretty damn strong, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people, you just you don't get that usually in the cases. Usually it's everything's done verbally. The email, I think, is pretty extraordinary. There's a moment where there, there's a tolling agreement. It keeps getting extended. And then suddenly it's just dropped, which takes everything from 2017 back off the table. Unusual for prosecutors just to drop a tolling agreement while the criminal investigation is still going on. Absolutely, John. There's nothing usual about this case. They they went after the IRS criminal agent, the special agent. They went after the, the IRS group supervisor for criminal investigation. They replaced a very seasoned prosecutorial team in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware and replaced it for reasons unknown with another group of um, un less seasoned prosecutors. And think about this. This is all in context of a case that you're looking at misdemeanors. This is very strange. It provokes more questions than answers. And this is not the way an IRS criminal case is done. Those agents and those supervisors are meticulous. I mean, painfully meticulous. They dot every I, they cross every T. Their special agent reports are so scrutinized and vetted before a case ever gets down to main justice for a criminal referral uh, for prosecution that um, this is why you don't waste your time on misdemeanor cases. I think in 30 years at the U.S. Attorney's Office in the District of Connecticut, I saw one and only one case criminally in which someone was afforded the opportunity to plead guilty to a misdemeanor tax offense, one in 30 years. Now, imagine a case like this that has international implications, income from all over, and you happen to be the vice president's son and later the president of the United States' son, and he's issuing statements like this on Biden-Harris transition stationary. I mean, they were trying to get out in front of this thing. And, and quite frankly, you know, the people that claim that there are two tiers of, uh, of justice in this country, nothing could be more compelling than looking at the Hunter Biden criminal case. So it'll be very interesting. I think that, you know, for people who think that this judge, uh, when when this case is, is brought into court, 
could reject, you know, the guilty plea. Well, they could. Will they? I, I think it's doubtful. You know, it's interesting. Um, the Michael Flynn case to dismiss it. The judge refused to do that. Um, and, um, you know, that was very odd at the time. And I think it'd be very odd if the, if the judge here says, well, you know, in light of the fact that the government and the taxpayer defendant have agreed to this, you know, what compels the court to say no? Um, you know, I'm going to reject this. If it, it has to be a knowing, voluntary and intelligent, you know, plea. And, um, you know, they'll probably put Hunter Biden under oath and he will say that he has, in fact, done exactly what, you know, the, the plea recites. But it's so narrow and they've abandoned the meaty the meaty years with all of that income. You know, you look at a criminal tax case and say, was there a significant tax loss? Well, here we knew, know there would have been for the years of that unfiled, um, you know, uh, Burisma income and others. Um, they, they've orchestrated this thing, I don't want to say brilliantly, but sinisterly. And um, to hold this out to the American public at a time when you've seen so many of the woke, uh, you know, two, what, two years ago, three years ago, summer of love and challenging law enforcement and the integrity of law enforcement. And now you see the federal system, the FBI, and uh, going after, you know, coordinating with Twitter and and Facebook during elections. I mean, this is a terrible time in our in our nation's history. And of course, all the liberals, everyone to the left that wants to attack the Second Amendment and saying we need more gun legislation. And here's the president of the United States, son, you know, getting a, essentially a walk on a gun charge uh, because he did not fill out an application for a firearm, truthfully. And of course, too, that firearm apparently at one point was abandoned somewhere in a dumpster or something. And how how that was retrieved is also a subject of, you know, interest. But again, this dies on the vine. Yeah. Do you think the judge will reject this? Uh, that'd be the last question I want to ask real quickly. Do you think the judge has enough grounds to reject this based on what's in the public domain already? Um, what's in the public domain and what's on record in court what may be two separate things. That's a good point. And, you know, do we fundamentally want federal judges being influenced simply by what's out? You know, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I think there has to be more on the record in court uh, for the judge to, you know, find that it's compelling enough to reject the plea. It's not enough to say it's just out there. Um, there has to be something in, in, in court. So I'd be very surprised if it's rejected. Yeah, that's what I think uh, most of the experts are, just are saying exactly what you're saying, right on the money. So um, that's why having a Justice Department that evenly administers the law is so important because a lot of times the judge can't make a decision unless it's on the record. And I think a lot's going to be left off the record in this case. And they know that, John. Yeah, they do. That's what good lawyers, how good lawyers maneuver into uh, these sort of deals. And there'll be a lot of debate about it for a long time. David, it's always an honor to have you on the show. You do such a great job making sense of very complex things. We're, we're so grateful for your time today. John, the honor is mine. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back from the commercial break, we're going to be joined by Braden Bocek, the litigation director of the Southeastern Legal Foundation. An incredible story about a regulatory effort to criminalize riding a boat faster than 10 knots an hour, which, way, by the way, is not very fast, in the Gulf of Mexico. It is real. It's not an onion headline. It's a real thing that's going on. Braden's going to join us for that. Now, before we get to the commercial break, I love to shout out our partners. We have so many great ones each week here. And 
One of them is a brand new sponsor, EnviroCleanse. EnviroCleanse is a home air purifier system that has patented earth mineral technology and is a hospital-grade HEPA filter. Now, I started using one of the EnviroCleanse purifiers in my home, actually in our bedroom. I always have significant allergies and sinus issues. I am breathing better already. And by the way, the dust is much less in the house. You know, we got a big house. The dust gathers. You know how that is. Well, it not only makes you more comfortable, those of us who have allergies like myself, it also destroys cold and flu viruses. That's important. covid Allergy inflaming toxins. That's the place I've gotten a lot of benefit from recently. Mold. We all deal with that. That's not a fun thing. And so much more. So for our listeners, EnviroCleanse is giving you 10% off. You're right. 10% off your EnviroCleanse home air purification unit and a free air quality monitor. Plus fast free shipping when you use the promo code justnews at ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. The EnviroCleanse promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. I can attest to that. I set this up about a week ago. I am literally sleeping like a baby and I just don't wake up with that congestion in my nose or that tickle in my throat or the post-nasal drip. My wife has cats, so uh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a test case for just how much challenge allergies can give you. But EnviroCleanse has made a difference. I've been happier this week and feeling better and waking up more refreshed because of it. So all you got to do, go to EKPure, that is E-K-P-U-R-E.com, use the code JUSTNEWS, and you'll uh, get an incredible 10% off your system. Get the system. It really, really works great. I am really an amazing a fan of this. It, it is hospital-grade quality. It's amazing. All right, folks, we're going to take that commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that incredible new regulation that could really put the crimp on boating in the Gulf of Mexico right after this. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Hey folks, John Solomon here from John Solomon Reports. I'm proud to be on the iHeartRadio app every day with my podcast, with the news that we bring, the exclusive interviews. And you know what else is great? You can listen to any iHeartRadio station anywhere in the country inside this free app. I used to listen to all sorts of radio on my AM or FM radio. Today, I don't have time to be in the car that often. You know where I listen? I listen on the iHeartRadio app. It's awesome. And they have some really cool new features, unlike anything else in the market. One of them is called Talk Back Mic. Anytime I have something to say, I tap the mic and send my voice message and then listen to hear my voice on one of my favorite shows. Isn't that cool? You can send a message to your favorite disc jockey, your favorite podcast show host. So be sure to download 
download the iHeart app radio. If you don't have it right now, the iHeart radio app is a winner. Be sure to download the free iHeart radio app today and start streaming your favorite radio stations, your favorite podcasts, and your favorite music playlists right from the iHeart radio app. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We have had a lot of discussions on this show over the last couple of years about the chronic overreach that federal regulators, permanent administrative state operators, uh, keep affording themselves. They keep seizing power that Congress did not legislate to give them. And then, of course, they get cut down in the courts. It happened with the student loan um, forgiveness last week. It happened with the Waters of the USA ruling a few months before that. And before that, the Clean Power Plan. Uh, many of uh, these cases repeatedly, uh, the Biden administration's effort to create law where no law is, has been slapped down as executive overreach. Well, if you like the outdoor water sports, if you like boating and fishing, you want to pay attention to this next segment because there is a new power grab going on. It is a jaw dropper. And there is now a very important lawsuit beginning to work its way into the courts. Uh, and, and it's going to expose yet another effort by another federal agency, by bureaucrats to assert authority that the law never gave them. Joining us right now is Braden Bocek. He is the litigation director at the Southeastern Legal Foundation, a law firm that has represented Justin News in a lot of FOIA cases. Braden has uh, just filed a very important litigation against a new regulatory effort to regulate get a load of this speed on boats and we're going to join him right now Braden. great to have you on the show thanks for having me this is an amazing story it's a pattern we're familiar with but it's a brand new target who would have thunk that a boat owner uh would suddenly be told how fast they could or couldn't go in the name of federal law what's going on here yeah, I mean, this is a remarkable proposal to institute a uh, rule across the Florida Gulf that would impose a effective speed limit of 10 knots, which is just above running speed, on all boats of all size uh, across the Florida Gulf. Um, it would effectively turn recreational boaters and regular old fishing guides into criminals overnight, uh, or they would otherwise just shut down a recreational pastime that millions of Americans have grown up enjoying. Yeah, it's 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 just crazy. So uh, describe how this rulemaking, how this process begins, because Congress didn't say, hey, this is something you should do. And it's in the authority of who jumps in and makes this happen. Yeah, so uh, it's brought uh, by an agency itself under a regulation, which is not a law. But what happens is uh, Congress sometimes gives agencies authority to issue regulations that are supposed to do things like just fill in the gaps on details of laws that Congress enacted. And here there's two laws that the agency uh, in question, which is the National Marine Fishery Service, is relying upon. It's the Endangered Species Act and the Marine Mammal Protection Act. Now, both of those laws were passed in the 1970s and were designed to protect uh, endangered marine mammals, such as uh, whales. Um, there's no question that a lot of whale species are hideously endangered for a variety of reasons. But what happened in this case is that a group of environmental special interest groups filed a petition with NOAA demanding that they impose a speed limit across the Florida Gulf. And uh, somewhat to our surprise, the National Marine Fisheries Service is entertaining that suggestion and just opened up a window or closed a window for people to comment on whether or not they should put a 10-knot speed limit on boats of all sides traveling across the Florida Gulf. 
And again, this would be punished by crippling civil fines and criminal penalties if you violate it. Yeah. Now, naturally, it's impossible to vote at te- safely at 10 knots or boats of any speed. Right. So it would effectively mean that fishing and boating in Florida is just done for in the Gulf. And why is it, uh, what is the stated public purpose of such a speed restriction? Right? What public good are they trying to achieve? I mean, they always sort of wrap it in public good. Could they have an explanation why this is necessary? Well, yeah, the, it's supposed to protect this uh, little-known species of whale that was only discovered a little over a year ago called rice's whales that exist in narrow parts of the Florida Gulf. And the environmental groups have claimed that these things are endangered mainly because they're being struck by boats. But the interesting thing is when you read their petition, there actually is no evidence that uh, any whales have ever been harmed by a boat, let alone one of a recreational boat size. They cite only two instances where there's ever any, quote, even evidence that a rice's whale has ever been struck by a boat in the Florida Gulf. Um, And one of them wasn't even a mortality event, and the other one is even detailed detailed, uh, in any length in the petition itself, so we don't know anything about it. So what they say instead is that most of these things are going to go undocumented, so we don't know. But then it just asks the agency to assume worst-case scenario and assume that because we don't know, it must be that boats are the ones that are hitting these whales, despite the fact that there's no actual evidence that whales are dying from boats, and especially not boats of regular regular recreational boating size. Yeah, really, really remarkable. Now, Southeastern Legal Foundation, a really important public interest law firm. Uh, you've represented us on some very important lawsuits, FOIA lawsuits, open records lawsuits, including the one against the St. Louis uh, circuit attorney, uh, Kimberly Gardner, uh, Soros funded, uh, big win for us there. You represented us, uh, uh, brilliantly. You have litigation. You've launched litigation on behalf of the American public to, uh, stop this. Describe the litigation, what the ask is of the court and what the argument is. Yeah. I mean, at this point in time, it's just a proposal. And so what we've done is warn them against taking this next step. I mean, it would be, uh, to borrow upon an unwise and ill-fated voyage that uh, would make passengers of the Titanic envious if, in fact, they decided to uh, undertake and embark upon this uh, ill-conceived task. They simply don't have authority under these regulations or these laws that were enacted in the 70s to uh, to propose regulations this sweeping. Only Congress could be the entity that could set some broad national policy. And, you know, we just recently were reminded about this in the uh, Supreme Court case uh, having to do with student loans right. in Nebraska v. Biden. And in that case, the court said that for these major issues, you just can't, you just can't expect agencies to act under these uh, statutes that were enacted a long time ago with no one envisioning that it would ever be applied in this way. Yeah. And so the question in this case would just boil down to a simple one. Does anyone really think that Congress – in the 1970s, when it said act appropriately to protect whales, really meant that the agency had authority to just enact this broad speed limit across the Florida Gulf. And if it did, why has it taken the agency nearly 50 years to exercise that authority? And that's something else that came up in um, the student loan case and, and cases that are like it, that is like when, when these agencies suddenly unearth these long, dormant, sweeping powers, that's something that makes courts really, really skeptical and right. rightly so. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, the uh, Do most boaters and uh, sports enthusiasts in Florida and the Gulf even know about this, or is this really slipped below the radar? 
Oh, I'm sure they have no idea. And I mean, even if they did know, they surely weren't aware that the uh, period for them to comment on this closed over the holiday weekend on July 6th. Hmm. So they were effectively probably uh, distracted by other activities, perhaps even recreational voting, yeah. such that they didn't see that this whole way of life was uh, was under threat here. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's really fascinating to really see how this is going to work out. When you look out over the horizon, uh, if this goes into effect, what's the next step for Southeastern Legal? Well, we would certainly at that point in time uh, look to bring litigation. Um, a, a similar a similar lawsuit was recently uh, brought to protect um, Maine lobstermen. Yeah. Listeners might be familiar with this story. Absolutely. The We've written a lot about it. And act- yeah, yeah. Well, it was the same agency acting at the same uh, behest of the same group of uh, environmental litigation groups that demanded that it effectively uh, impose a rule that would shut down lobster fishing in the name of protecting North Atlantic right whales. And just a couple of weeks ago, uh, that rule was tossed out, or some of the opinions of the uh, agency were tossed out uh, by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals that said the agency didn't have the power and certainly couldn't just draw these worst-case scenario assumptions based on wafer-thin evidence, which is exactly what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Um, the uh, the course that we're seeing in these regulatory agencies, uh, this idea of inventing things. I know they say the goal here is to um, to protect this new whale species, so to speak. Uh, is there any other thing tied to from, from the work you've done tied to the Green New Deal, to climate change, or is this uh, really just hinged on a species protection uh, act uh, or a species protection uh, de- declaration by the government? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know exactly uh, how these things all all work, but they're all similar in the sense that they just demand these major, major actions be taken in the name of um, protecting the environment, irrespective of its effect on the economy or reg- the lifestyle of regular Americans. And it's all done so under this sort of fiction that we stand at the brink. And if we don't do absolutely everything at our disposal, regardless of consequences, to act right now, then, uh, then you know, the environment is at this tipping point. And what's really tragic about it is they're making enemies out of the very sorts of people who are most concerned about conservation yeah, efforts, fishermen right. and boater. I mean, they, they love whales. They, they're out on the Florida waters because they want to enjoy the unique ecosystem that's out there. And so it's insane that rather than recruit these people to be allies and ears on the water where the Coast Guard can't be, they are effectively making them outlaws overnight by trying to outlaw their lifestyle. I mean, nobody wants to hit whales, right, John? I mean, certainly not, certainly not boaters. I mean, hitting a boat endangers the safety of the craft and crew. But here we sit in 2023 with unparalleled technology, and we have this clumsy regulatory approach rather than a technological solution that just gives the information to voters about whale, where whales would be so that they can avoid them. Yeah, right. Uh, it seems like there's a mitigation strategy short of the regulatory solution. Is there um, in in this uh, look here, is there any evidence that the boats have been causing harm to these whales? Or is this no, a hypothetical I mean, the petition, exercise? The, the, yeah, I mean, the petition itself, as I said earlier, only has two mentions of, uh, of instances where Rice's whales have ever shown any evidence of a boat strike. One of them is not detailed in any specificity whatsoever. We can't tell anything about it. 
And the other one just noted that there was a deformed dorsal fin on one of the whales, which could have been attributable to a strike. It wasn't a mortality event. And really what it just proceeds under is because there are no whales, we must assume that it's boats that are doing it. And that is a completely unsubstantiated way in which to enact such a sweeping rule. Yeah, no, it really is. It is pretty crazy. Um, The history of this agency, I don't think a lot of people have heard of the National Marine Fisheries Service. Uh, It it rolls up to the Interior Department, correct? Uh, It's part of the Department of Commerce. Commerce. Uh, It's a a sub-agency of NOAA. Ah, the weather agency. The weather agency, right. Uh And well said, too, right? This is a great example of an agency kind of... uh, outstepping its original role. It's not uh, dissimilar to, you know, um, the Centers for Disease Control overtaking housing policy with the eviction moratorium or yeah. OSHA undertaking, you know, a vaccine mandate That's policy. Right. I mean, this is a this is a weather agency. Wow. It's not designed to have this broad regulatory authority to do things like set nationwide speed limits. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is re- remarkable. Uh, and you would think the Coast Guard and others would be involved in it, but I don't see any mention in the regulation about the Coast Guard. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Coast Guard is going to have some kind of enforcement authority, whether whether they like it or not. Yeah, um, and I mean, but that that in turn poses worrisome questions about how they are going to enforce a law like this. Yeah, I mean, with large commercial scale operations, right. the agency has been in trouble in other instances for requiring that commercial fishermen carry federal monitors on board their ship and then pay to have those uh, monitors on board. In fact, a court of appeals uh, that oversees Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi just recently ruled that that constituted an unconstitutional search. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty. Those are uh, the the case law on this is really pretty significantly in favor of boaters and Americans. Um, We get a speeding ticket if we're driving in a car. We think, well, we're going to get a couple hundred dollar fine, maybe a couple points on our license. Uh, This speeding uh, penalty is much more severe. Talk about it's up to a year in prison and $20,000. Am I reading the regulation right that that's what they're considering? Yep. Knowing violations of it would be punishable as a felony up to one year of imprisonment and fines of up to $20,000, for instance. So, I mean, it's really a crippling sanction that they would be bringing to bear here. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's amazing. So if you're going more than 10 knots an hour in the in the restricted areas of the Gulf, you could be going to prison or get a $20,000 fine. I think a lot of boaters are going to be shocked to hear this. This is such an important yes. thing. Uh, Brayden, as we wrap up here, uh, the Southeastern Legal Foundation does such great work. You're watching uh, the fine print of regulations and, and the law to make sure that uh, Americans' uh, civil liberties and freedoms are protected. Tell folks how they can get involved or support or do things with uh, Southeastern Legal Foundation. Yeah, you're you know, your role as litigation director is so essential. Uh, our audience is very familiar also with Kimberly Herman, who's come on many times. Uh, what's sure. the best way if someone's listening, say, hey, I want to get involved. I want to be involved with what uh, SLF is doing. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, I mean, the best thing they can do is look for us uh, online at southeasternlegal.org um, or slfliberty.org. And they can also look to follow us on Twitter as well. My personal Twitter is at Braden Dusek, um, and, you know, we certainly appreciate uh, everybody looking at us one more time. That is www.slfliberty.org. Wow. Well, this is an amazing story. When I first saw it, oh, this has to be a parody. This is coming off the onion or, or <laughs> no, nope, this it's is be, real. It's beyond parody. It's yeah. beyond parody. Well, sometimes true life is uh, crazier than uh, fiction, and this is one of those ones where I think once the public learns, 
uh, there's going to be a, a big outcry. Um, well, uh, Braden, great job on bringing this to our attention and getting the ball rolling. We're going to be watching and following this story. Our environmental reporter, Addison Smith, is going to be on the case on this. But thank you uh, for bringing this and so much more to light uh, from our own FOIA law litigations to so many other things you're doing. Uh, the Southeastern Legal Foundation is a important voice in common sense in America. Thanks, and thanks for having us on, John. Great to have you on. All right, folks, I'm going anywhere. We got one more good one to go right after the commercial break. Jesse Benal, the lawyer for one of the lawyers on the former President Trump's legal team, coming up after the commercial break. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you joined us. Just yesterday, it was revealed that former President Donald Trump fundraised a whopping $35 million in the second quarter for his presidential campaign. And now most politicos are suggesting that the indictments have only helped cement his status as the front runner for the Republican nomination. And despite the legal troubles, the 45th president remains laser focused on the campaign trail, most recently attracting tens of thousands to the small town of Pickens, South Carolina, to deliver a speech that lasted a little over an hour. And our next guest tonight can help us walk through the latest trials and tribulations in the judicial realm 
He serves in his capacity as one of President Trump's attorneys and is partner at Banal Law Group. He is Jesse Banal, and he joins us now. Jesse, great to see you. Great to see you, Amanda. I wanted to just ask you, you know, there there was a fair amount of what was released from this this unredacted document that was already in the indictment as far as the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Was was there anything in it that you found to be of particular public interest or anything new? I don't think there's anything really new that that uh, in that that the American people already haven't uh, kind of been fed with uh, at this point. Um, what we know is that Jack Smith and and his prosecutors continue to just go after Donald Trump with full force, um, and at, at this point. Um, I think that that he believes he really has to do everything he can to take him out of the the political picture, because what Jack Smith um, is probably terrified of is accountability. And he knows that when Donald Trump wins again, um, there is going to be accountability for rogue prosecutors like him. Um, and there should be. Um, we in this country for too long have had prosecutors that have run amok, uh, putting their political positions um, ahead of the law and actually using their position as prosecutors um, to advance their political agenda. And that's going to end when Donald Trump is, is in the White House. So, um I, I really think that Jack Smith feels like he's got to go all out at this point. Uh, Jesse, it's uh, the first time I heard of Jack Smith was when in 2014, when uh, Congressman Darrell Issa was investigating the IRS targeting scandal. Uh, Jack Smith was one of the brainstormers, along with Lois Lerner, coming up with ways to extend the law to make it a weapon against conservative uh, nonprofit organizations. I know you and the team have done a lot of research. He's had a pretty difficult history in the courts that, you know, his cases end up on reversal or reprimands in a lot of places. Tell us a little bit about what you've learned about Jack Smith's history as a prosecutor. Well, yeah, he's he's been reversed a number of times in very high profile cases. He lost the John Edwards case. The uh, uh, McDonald case was reversed eight nothing by the United States Supreme Court when he took a very, very aggressive uh, strategy in, in that case. Um, I've had cases with with his lawyers at the public integrity section where one of our co-defendants was dismissed for prosecutorial misconduct when uh, when Jack Smith was the um, uh, the head of the public integrity section. They violated in a, in a, uh, uh, a party's Fifth Amendment rights in the grand jury. Uh, this is this is not a good guy. And, and unfortunately, the, the people that he tends to work with uh, are zealots. Jesse, I wanted to ask you about this news that came out that there could be a possible superseding indictment, 30 to 45 possible figures, including uh, the former president, but also people in his political and legal orbit. Um, what do you expect to happen? Because we, you know, we obviously see the case out of New York and then the cases with Jack Smith. It seems like, as I teased at the top of this segment, every time President Trump gets indicted, his fundraising shoots up, his poll numbers shoot up. Are they about to rain down hellfire so as to reverse that trend? I think that's exactly what they they want to do, and and I don't want to you know get in too much of a guessing game as to uh, if they're going to bring other indictments. If and you know there's been some suspicion that they would um, indict in other jurisdictions as well. I don't want to guess too much about that. I think they have some pretty serious legal issues at this point with with splitting their claims and doing that. Um, but I will say that that Jack Smith, I think absolutely. Uh, wants to, to rain hailfire uh, down on, on this president and his supporters. 
um, not just people in, in his orbit, but but also his supporters. And um, he's going to uh, stop at nothing, I think. So we, we've just got to be equally as uh, as dedicated to winning as as he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesse, uh, some big wins recently in Mike Flynn's case. Obviously, Mike Flynn, one of the per- perfect examples of government abuse. The, the information we learned recently from John Durham only affirms that. Um, the government tried to move his civil case out of uh, Florida to another jurisdiction, and the judge said, not going to happen on my watch. Tell us why that's so important. Yeah, it would, wouldn't you believe it? They wanted that case, the Flynn case, to be heard in Washington, D.C. Really, really surprising, isn't it? Um, <laughs> And, um, you know, uh, it's we all know it's just absolutely impossible for Michael Flynn to get a, a fair trial in, in the swamp yeah. in, in Washington, D.C. Um, and so uh, the judge, um, I think, entered a of very well reasoned opinion in that case and says that it stayed in it's staying in Florida. Um, and so, you know, uh, one of the things I always like from from a judge is is somebody who puts out well reasoned uh, and neutral opinions. And, you know, let's let's me do the advocacy and my opponents do the advocacy. And we're optimistic that that's the kind of judge that we're going to get here rather than unfortunately what we've had with General Flynn in the past, which is just a political zealot in a, in a black dress. Jesse, on the 4th of July, there was a big win delivered for the First Amendment with respect to the uh, unconstitutional, according to this judge, um, coordination between the federal government, certain agencies and social media. President Trump was one of those folks on social media who was censored. I think there were probably hundreds of people in President Trump's orbit who, especially for tweeting information about the Hunter Biden laptop, were either censored or um, uh, what's it called? Deplatformed on social media. Does President Trump feel vindicated by this decision? Well, uh, uh, he certainly should be. Um, And uh, more important, I think that uh, the American people are vindicated and they have seen this collusion lately between government officials and, and big tech. And that's a very, very dangerous thing, because once you actually have the, the government um, and, you know, being the 500 pound gorilla that can go in there and and use its weight to try to get big tech to censor people, um, that is a very serious First Amendment issue, a very uh, serious First Amendment problem. And so I think uh, this was, an, uh, the, again, the reasoning from this opinion was excellent. Um, just a, a, a great uh, uh, ruling and very, very happy to see some pushback. All right, folks, thanks for joining me today. Hey, remember to support all of our great uh, advertisers, partners, and sponsors. Our newest member of the family, EnviroCleanse. EnviroCleanse, of course, makes a home purifier system that works like you're in a hospital-grade HEPA filter. You go to ekpure.com, put in Just News as a discount code. You're going to get 10% off. That's a big savings on a really very valuable purification system for your home. Make your home a little bit healthier with an EnviroCleanse purifier system right now. So remember that and all the other great sponsors we have. All right, folks, we're going to head into the weekend. we got great shows on Saturday and Sunday, so tune in again then. And we'll be back with regular programming on Monday morning. Until then, God bless you for listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. 
Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. taxnetworkusa.com slash victor.